You're listening to a People of Note podcast, as heard on Classic 1027. Good evening and welcome to People of Note on Classic 1027 with me, Richard Koch. This program is broadcast every Sunday from 6 to 8 p.m. And in it, I talk to someone who is a person of note and we listen to music of their choice. And I'm very happy to tell you that my guest tonight is Nathaniel. Welcome. Thank you for having me, finally. I know, after all these years. I actually listen to your station because I don't have a radio. And when I bought the car, it was set on the station and I have no idea how to change it. <laughs> so I know exactly what's happening on air with but but if you want to listen you have to sit in your car of course yes i have no noise in my house yeah well uh, apart from cats dogs no nothing nothing i i don't know if it's my menopause or if something happened to me during childhood but silence is one of my favorite things it's when my mind really works i also live except for now people um w- um with dogs moved into our neighborhood but i I'm making plans. But I live in a little forest at the end of Pretoria with no other neighbors. So it's very quiet. And that that's what I love. And music is like work for me. So I don't play in the background. I play when I sit in front of the speaker and actively listen for some reason to it. And where did this all start? I see on your CV you were born in Grahamstown. Yes. Uh, my parents were, were, after they got married in Cape Town, they went to Rubik East, I think that's a place, and they ran an orphanage for boys there. And I was born there, and all my beginning pictures were in the orphanage of me on a donkey with eight other boys and me on a... Uh, so, and because I didn't look like them, I was convinced I was adopted for many, many years. I was one of... The, and then... When I turned 10, overnight, I looked like my grandmother. So then I knew I was, I was part of, of the family. So Eastern Cape is in your blood a bit? Not at all. Not? No, I can promise you it's not in my blood. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm from the Eastern Cape, from PE. And I find but PE is not really the Eastern Cape, it's PE. <laughs> yeah. It's nice. But though that, uh, that traveling from PE to Grahamstown because my grandparents lived in mm. East London so we used to mm. go every holiday yeah. we would go down to East London and traveling through that those hills but that's that, a beautiful road beautiful road we we when i perform with a with the band we to the, we go to the eastern cape we normally perform at the guild two nights and then we drive um, that's the only time i drive then we drive to PE to perform at the opera house so i know that that, and there's one, what, it, what do you call it? It's a road stall, that thing next to the road where you... Padstar. Padstar. Yeah. That's one of, like, in, when I'm in Europe, I'm addicted to a vendor machine because they don't have chips and canned cool drinks. Hot little things come out. So Padstar moves me. And between is London and Port Elizabeth, there is a beautiful Padstar that has never in my career been opened. It's it's. It's always closed. It drives me nuts yeah. if we will make it this time. But I know that road very well. Yeah, it's a, I, I love that part of the world. But you've, uh, you've traveled all over South Africa. I mean, some of the, you've probably played in some I've weird in places. Every place that has a flushing toilet, I have done a show. 
Bart scared his boss. Ev- everywhere. <laughs> they things that I forget. And then sometimes my blood sugar falls and I say yes for a strange gig. And then we drive into the place. And then I just get the feeling before the potholes, I was here years ago. And then I rem- some lady would say, 25 years ago, you sang in the school. Then, then uh, it's This is the only country where your career doesn't go up. You can you can have a thing and sing with a symphony orchestra one night or have a sold out run in the biggest theater, but you will go to the Platteland in between. That is that is for sure. Your bread and butter at the end. They're very nice. They give you food afterwards. Always accommodation, which I never say yes for, uh, and we always drive back, and and they pay lots of money. Good to have you there. We're going to hear your first choice of music. Now, and I see all the singers are ladies, apart from who? You, I see you, and Charles Duplessis. Yeah, he's a, I'm into female vocals. It's the most exciting sound on earth. When they sing low, it's sexy. When they sing high, it's exciting. When a man sings low, you can't hear him. And when he sings high, it sounds like a problem. It's, it's, it's a completely different thing. So female vocals, have all, that's why I've never had a hit. Because I write songs for females and then I sing it and it, it doesn't work. But the first thing is Kathleen Battle, who is arguably one of the most beautiful voices. It's it's like if a swan could fly, it's 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 that thing. And this thing sighs, tears, grief, distress, depression, murder, I don't know what it's a whole list of German words that I can't pronounce. sagen. Things like that. It's from the Bach cantata. Bach is my favorite composer, and very few people know this this little piece of music. And she sings it very beautifully. That was the wonderful Kathleen Battle singing Sighs, Tears, Grief, Distress from Cantata 21 by J.S. Bach. The choice of Nathaniel, who's my guest on People of Note. When did you first realized that you wanted to be a performer? I was about four or five when we had Christmas in Wellington at my grandmother's place. My grandmother lived in a castle. There were two castles in Wellington. They're still there, but they were hostels for the girls from the college. But I never saw the girls because my my grandfather ran the technical bit of the college and my grandfather, my grandmother they lived in the ground floor, so they had a walk-in fridge, and they had an enormous sitting room for 50 people with a concert grand. And I, th- I never saw the girls because we went there during holidays. So my grandparents lived in a castle, and then later they moved to the bigger one. So we would do massive Christmas concerts, and I would be Joseph, Maria, the three wise men, Jesus, guests, and all my family would be sheep. I I just wanted to do the whole thing. I organized these guys. And then grandmother gave me dresses to her floral dresses. And my grandmother had all her dresses made on the pattern of the Queen Mother. So they were all soft dresses with florals and stuff and lots of jewelry. And then I was the wise or something. Then I realized this is what I want to do. I once came naked out of a bowl of a basket of washing because I heard my uncle speak about Glenda Kemp, who was very famous, and she danced in Paul with a snake. So I thought, 
that would be one Christmas ahead. So I came naked with a fake snake out of a basket, and that didn't go well. But I realized then, I didn't know that I liked music. I liked visual things. So I needed to perform. I was a strange child, so unless I was performing, nobody would look at me. I was awkward. So people did not look at me. And I did not play with the other children because the games were boring. So I was with adults. I was always in somebody's wardrobe or in a drawer with cups and where pretty things were or shiny things. I would I would build world, worlds and make puppets and cut up paper and, and stuff like that. So that, that was my first knowledge, that I, awareness that I wanted to be on stage. But I didn't care what I, I would throw knives if that is what got me an audience but as long as it's visual and and you learned how to captivate people also yeah I, I was a strange child my my dad said they should have just in his old age he said that he was considering using a pillow when I was very young but now that I made enough money to support him he was it was a very good decision to let me live he was convinced that was his biggest investment but you also you realized yourself that you had something unusual about you i i never it was never put into words but i lived with the feeling that this is not my country and this is not my world and this is these are not my parents i was temporarily here to learn something or do something i was convinced i would be taken at some point with a spaceship or a prince on it shine through a horse or something would come and fetch me. I, I lived a, I, I, my, my inside life, inner life, inner thought was, that thing was completely different than what was, because up to puberty, I lived in very small towns with people who were really afraid of me <laughs> because I was a strange little child and I was doing strange little things. We're going to talk more about that, and and but you've you've decided that this is absolutely your country. So we'll come on to that. But your second choice is Alma Oosthuizen, singing O Cesato di Piargiami. She Alma's a good friend. We studied together in Stellenbosch, and I was a accompanist. And my first things that I wrote, she would sing, on the endler on the stage, and she's she's into clean singing. She's, she's still got, she's still singing and she's still got, we're still friends and she's still got one of the most musical um, abilities and one of the most beautiful clean voices that I know. So this is a short piece, you blink and it's over, but it's just for the voice. That was Alma Oosthuizen uh, singing O Cesato di Piargiarmi and David Talyard was accompanying the choice of Nathaniel, who's my guest in People of Note. I'm interested to hear you played the piano, or you play the piano. Was this something you started when you were young too? Yes, very young. Before school, I had lessons. When you live on the Plattland and you are interested in anything fantastic or theatrical or artistic or anything, piano was your only choice. In, in the time I grew up in that centuries ago, music at a school was only piano there were no violin and flute and singing and saxophone that's so i knew um that i was drawn to something and the lady who played the organ in our church uh, we had an enormous the smaller the town the bigger the church it always seemed and we had a beautiful organ and this was in a Ribica steel and 
she lived across the street from us and and I was already a, a, a obese little child and I could smell cookies like a wild animal kilometers away so I would go to her house it was always dark inside which I liked it was dramatic I think light gave him migraines or something it was always dark but there was cookies and a piano so I spent time in front of the piano until she asked my parents could I come to the house less and then they bought me a piano and that's how it started it was my link to some other reality was it was like the piano was a portal and not just an instrument for me it was unlike anybody else's house in that town at that point with this thing in so I practiced and I played and I did all this stuff because I had no knowledge that there was any there was no television then was no knowledge that there was anything else in the world except my grandmother's dresses and this piano to keep me going. And actually, I remember that the first time we met was in Otsuan at the Kaka in Car. Mm. Rocco was playing the piano. You mm. were conducting the orchestra. That's so that piano yeah. made a link between us as well. Yeah, that, the piano still still mm. there. I live in this white at the moment minimalist all white house in the forest but in the middle there's this gigantic black it's like a cow that got lost walked into my sitting room it messes up the whole look of the house because it's a different color and it's not symmetrical that's the only thing that kills me from a piano it's not symmetrical it throws me i my whole head works with symmetrics but the piano's always been near me and it's interesting to me that you that's what you went to Stellenbosch to study you studied Music at, and piano, particularly. I was a, I was a good pia pianist, yeah. and I practiced a lot, bec mostly out of fear, for exams. I stayed with my music teachers, and I, I, I did well. I, I won a lot of prizes while I was still in school, and it was decided. I come from a family without money, and and you could only do something if you get a bursary to go study, and become a teacher. So I, it was decided because of I stayed with Betsy Kluver, who gave piano at uh, at the Conservatoire in Stellenbosch. She was uh, examined, what do you call it, examiner. She examined me for my UNISA stuff, and I stayed with. And between her and my teacher, they decided. But when I was standing at eight, that I would come to Stellenbosch and study under her. And I was a dedicated pianist at that time. I had already other plans. But, and I played the organ as well. I went to study under Peter van der Westen, organ. So, and, and, and then I realized I'm in trouble the first, because Betsy Kluver only heard me in concerts or in exam and thought I was a wonder child. So the first day I walked into, she gave me a sonata to bring back, a, a Beethoven, da, 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 to bring back, memorize the next Tuesday. And then I knew I'm not a wonder child. I did not sleep. I did it, but I was scarred for life after that week. But I could sight read and I could play. And, and, and things changed because I, I b had very few friends, but I was into exciting things and into singers. So I became the accompanist for most of the opera. Nearly the two A students, um, Professor van der Spee students, I became the accompanist. And what for, great for, training that is. You know, I played for Dion van der Waalt. I played yeah. for Ingrid van Sweel, Sonja Janssen van der Rensburg. Alma Westhuizen for exams. I flew with them. That's the first time I flew to play for them for competitions yeah. and concerts. So I had a, a career, and that's how my professional career started in 
in the theatre as an accompanist for, for other singers. And talking of singers, here's your next choice, which is Kirita Kanawa, Depuis le Jour. Uh, this is by Charpentier. That was Kirita Kanawa singing live at her 50th birthday concert. This is a piece by uh, Charpentier and the choice of Nathaniel. You know, this, some of these French pieces are incredibly difficult to sing because of the breathing and the legato that they want. And when I first heard this, it was many, many years ago, I thought 50 is like, you don't sing anymore, you just die. And I couldn't believe the youth and the, and the control and the, the, that she, she did these long phrases. It was, I listened to this thing addictively like for two years. This was my morning song to say there's hope in life. Did you hear her when she sang here? No, I didn't because I was on tour. Yeah. I was on tour. But a beautiful and voice and also the fact that she wasn't always pleasing the purists. She would go her own way like every other singer that I like. But I loved the voice. There was a, a difference. And she was the first, maybe because of Princess Di's wedding, the first soprano that, in, in my awareness, dressed nicely and had a waist. She, 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 you know, sopranos were like Valmerian yeah. in our heads. And, and she was in glitter on all these photographs and looked beautiful. So she changed the whole, I think for a lot of people in the world, changed the view of opera. Well, and you, you said earlier you were a very visual person, mm. and you still are. Yeah. You, you're obviously very conscious of how things look, how you look, how the stage looks. I, it's a very interesting way of looking things. So, it's, for example, for her, it's not just about the sound, but the look. Yeah, there's a look in the way you carry yourself. And that if she she sings a beautiful lady in La Traviata, you would believe her because she was beautiful. And she had the, like Renee Fleming also, you're aware of the fashion. They make statements these days and they suddenly endorse products. Kirita Kanawa, I think, was the f one of the first. She, she did an ad for a watch or something that you never saw classical people do mm. in, in those days. So I was very aware of, of her. And although she sang all this r little rants and stuff that goes me by, she, her regard to singing and the long phrase, the French music, of that she yeah. did, or like the fear leads the leader, which is not French, but those things, those incredibly long phrases. I was very impressed because I've been out of breath since I was six months old. So <laughs> a long phrase always moved yeah. me. And you mentioned Rene Fleming, who has, I think, a South African designer in New York. I, I'm friends with him, yeah. Yeah. So um, um, they. She, she wore his clothes. I'm not like friends. I met him a few yeah, yeah, times. Yeah. Where he's friends with some of my friends. I, um, I've, I've seen um, her in his designs, uh, uh, and and she always looks beautiful. I mean, she even made a heavy metal album. <laughs> she's she's done, which I have. It's yeah. the strangest thing I've ever. Heard. I don't know if her sugar just dropped for a week. I don't know how she agreed to that. But at least. I like it when people step out of their, their comfort zone. Not, yeah. It's not always successful. But at least they ventured somewhere. It, I think it gives you new energy. Yeah. Or Do you quite like taking audiences out of their comfort zone too? I, no, no, I don't do it always purposefully, but my presence 
that it upset a lot of people <laughs> just in life. So, but I, I like it if, especially now, if people with casinos and three million TV channels and Netflix and streaming and anything that there is, if people still take the trouble to have a bath, risk a hijacking, then come to me, buy either a dinner or a CD or some of my products, parking, and sit down. You can't give them what they used to. They went through a lot of trouble to be there, and they still pay to be there. So, and, and we don't blindfold them at the door, so they can still watch. People can multitask these days. So I need them to see a beautiful picture. Even if it's not a show, I'll just fill the stage or with candles. There must be a moment when they walk through the door. They must leave slightly different than when they came in. I'm speaking to Nathaniel, singer, songwriter, producer, director, designer, public speaker. He talked about multitasking. He can certainly multitask anytime you like. And he also is South Africa's leading exponent of the solo stage actor. I expect many of you have seen him in that role. And the program you're listening to is People of Note here on Classic 1027. And I see your next choice is Mimi Kurza. Yeah, she's my dear friend. And she did me the honor of, I, it's, it's many years ago, but after not singing for a long time, she came out of sabbatical or retirement, something, to tour with me for a year. We even did a little album together. And it also happened at the Karoo Festival at the Kakan Car. We, we performed the first time. I, I knew her in the sense that people told me that she sneaked into my shows. She would come and see my shows with the children. And then I met her and, and we just clicked. The first time we met, she sat on my stomach and forced me to breathe the right way because I, she said, lie down, I'm going to sit on your stomach and I'm going to show you because your diaphragm has to be out of steel and there's nothing there except cupcakes. You need to come right if you want to sing with me. Because when we stood next to the piano, only Jesus could hear I could I, I could hear me. I could only yeah. hear Mimi and the piano. I had no power, I had no breathing, I had nothing. So Mimi fixed me and we became great friends and only then I started learning her history. And this song was even before was recorded before the Queen of the Night made her famous when she did the German world premiere of Candide for Leonard Bernstein. And I have not to this day heard a performance like this one that she does. That was Mimi Kurzer singing Was mein Herz, music by Leonard Bernstein. Sounds funny of music by Leonard Bernstein being in German, mm. but there it is. Mimi Kurzer, another South African icon, as is my guest in People of Note Tonight, Nathaniel. You started life, we, we talked about you as an accompanist, but at mm. some stage, you broke away from being sort of uh, the, the second person on the stage and became the first person on the stage. How did that begin? That happened already in varsity. I found out that when you play piano, people see you from the side, which is my weakest angle. At that point, I didn't have a chin. I barely have one now after having one put in. But it was just... And I would get in trouble with the university and the aesthetic people of my outfits. I remember I played a piano concerto one movement in Cape Town and I'm, 
I had a spacesuit made because nobody really said, yeah, you have to do the penguin look for everything. So I came out with a, I can't remember the McDonald, the McDowell. There's a McDowell piano concerto, which is basically a cabaret. Um, and it was very up my, I think I played the f f third movement or something. And I had this one piece suit made with a space ring around me. I could barely see the keyboard. And people were like really upset. And then I thought, okay, I'll split the two. So every time I won a little award at Varsity, you would get a lunch hour concert. And then we would say, or I would wait till Betsy Kluwer was overseas because she wouldn't, she said I was not ready with my technique to play competitions. Then when she was gone, I remember I, behind her back, I entered the Bartok competition and I won it. And also in a strange outfit, but she wasn't there to murder me. And so, but it upset people. So I, I thought, how can I wear what I want? I need to get up from this piano chair. And that's what I, what I did. I still played piano. I recorded a lot of chamber music in the old SOBC days in Seapoint because I could sight read and I could accompany people and did stuff. But I remember it was a lunch hour and I was supposed to play a Chopin program and I found all the instrument, instrumental students, I built a complete orchestra um, and all Professor Van Space singers, I was nearly thrown out after that. And I wrote a piece for choir, orchestra and me and the organ. And it was the week before they, in, they officially opened up the Markusen organ and Zurara Temming was an organ and we rehearsed in secret at the sports facilities and on the day where I was supposed to walk in it was packed for my Chopin every musician carrying his own chair came on with me and we did this thing and after and, and we got a standing ovation it was repeated many times it was called the inexplicable and that was my thing I never um, I remember after that the Libertas Theatre gave me my first professional paid thing. I was in my third year. And I did with Zurada and a, a cellist and a little ensemble. I did, a, a, I wrote a, a cycle of 12 cabaret type songs. But I remember that I had a, a harem outfit on with a fake bra, an open stomach, a red pair of pants and a thing that dragged behind me. I was still already singing and this was still in the dressing room. It, it came down the stairs and I have photographs of that. And after that, there was no end. That's what... There was all, no going back. I needed that. the circus bird yeah. with excellent music, whether it's obscure or not. I needed good music, but I needed the visual thing. Yeah, yeah. So it started at Stellenbosch, but nobody after that would pay me to do that. I was still strange and no record company would touch me. So I played the piano for a few years. We're going to hear about your albums that you've made, but your next choice is Barbara Streisand. Let's listen to it first, and then you yeah. can tell us about it. Barbara Streisand for Schwiegene Liebe. That was Barbara Streisand singing for her an unusual piece. Yeah, that whole album when she made classical Barbara, I just I was I was addicted to her. I followed her. She was the first artist out of classical music that I became aware of, and I would go. Every um, Saturday I was a student and I played the organ in church and I would take that Sunday's money 
in the week and the next Saturday I would get on the train from Stellenbosch to Cape Town and go to Kramer, Kramer Hans Kramer yeah, and buy a Streisand album and then to feel less guilty that I was a traitor to the classical world I would buy a piece of sheet music or organ music to play in church or something and I started collecting so when she made this album just the I was already working with Alma Westhuizen and, and some of these young singers. And in the music rooms at Stellenbosch, the, the, my favorite was before the singers would go on stage or they would go to an orchestra. They wouldn't have that vibrato and that thing because there was not that battle to be heard. It was just us in the room. And then they sang differently. It was clean. It was like a white sound. No vibrato and tremolo and all that stuff that upsets you if you hear it a lot and I and when she did the song I know the press went nuts and said this is horrific and the purists all immigrated and all that stuff but she sang it note perfect and she sang it with the same breath control that you needed it was just clean and that I absolutely love to this day I just and for Schwiegende Liebe, I even recorded it as part of a, a show once. But when she gets to that final note, and that note is like coming from a very good synthesizer, it's just it just stays there. And she just ended because they needed to lock the building because she has got that one of those things, the breath comes in and out at the same time. She can just keep a note so th this is still one of my favorite to listen to just for the simple beauty of it and during lockdown you said right at the beginning that you've done some things during lockdown like have you made a new album i have not made an album i wrote the book which is coming out next week i got involved with a company for cooking oils to make complete pure oils in south africa that because a lot of oils are not um, purified, so they can give you sickness and oil and cancer and people with cancer and stuff. So we did this benzopyrene-free range of oils, which is now on the market. And then I started with some with chefs in the Cape uh, baking. I wanted to do cookies and, bis and, and rusks because when we come out of this mess, and my the history shows that the world was as every time being rebuilt by cook baking sales churches schools have been built on so i thought bring the cookie revolution back my new tv series now which is on um has the final section is a new cookie for the week to save the world so i did that by complete no vanilla essence but the real vanilla that we imported all clean products, rusks and cookies like in the old time, beautifully packaged. That came out and then I started my first blog, which I've opened to the public this week. I haven't marketed it yet. I'm just seeing where it's going. It's an entertainment food blog, but my food archive, where the table setting is more important than the food. You can just, if scrambled egg is perfect if it's on a beautiful plate, that kind of thing. And I did a podcast for Network 24 and then... I started writing a series of so there were many many and, and a new show and um, did a lot of online I did talk shows and I did a concert with Charles Duplessis Trio which we formed when we were allowed to um, 
which which is online, which makes me very angry that I did it because now I can never perform that material again. I have to write a whole new show for Christmas. So I was like really, really busy because I just thought nobody's going to survive this and financially let me work. And because my, my brother's in France and my godchildren are in Hong Kong, New York, my designers in London, they were already, some of them sick and in lockdown before here. So I lived with them on Skype every day. So before the government decided the virus is now here, I went on lockdown when the shows was, was stopped. And I love my place. I love silence. I love isolation. And, and I spent four months without seeing a person except on a screen. And, and it was fantastic. It was sabbatical. When you as old as I am, you supposed to have a year-long sabbatical 10 years ago, which I could never either. I was too scared they would forget about me, so I never did that. So I was forced to have a working sabbatical, and not traveling was fantastic. Yeah, but this has been a nice sabbatical for you too, this, in this, a way. Yeah, yeah. This, this was, it is, because at 5 o'clock I would shut down and then read the books I never read, listen to the music I don't have time for, all that kind of things. It, I, I mean, it's terrible to say in a time where people get sick and they are dying and the world is financially. I had a great time in isolation. And also it showed me, because I want to really get 100 years old, but in Europe one day, where my family is, in France. But I always thought, what if they don't want to talk to me when I'm that old and I have no friends here? But I realize now I can do it because there are ways of means of communicating. You, you can live anywhere in the world now and, and do your thing. Well, and your next piece is called Nathaniel, 100 Years. So let's listen to that. Oh, uh, yeah, because oh, you want- there's a story. Now, okay. let me just explain to you. The reason I chose it, at my last visit, I go, for the past 10 years, I go twice a year to Nantes, where my family is. And I wrote this song, and we wanted to shoot it in an isolated city, in a deserted city. But in Europe, it's never. We would, so we filmed at night. We would wait till 3 in the morning, and I'm not lying, to get an empty street. And I would stand in the rain with a painting that mustn't get wet in the video, and door would open as God is my witness and a lady in a walking frame would come out and there's never and then when we finished it and and we released it lockdown came so we filmed lockdown before lockdown was there but it nearly killed us we didn't sleep for weeks it's not like Smithfield at two in the morning no 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 (laughs) so here it is Nathaniel 100 years that was Nathaniel, 100 years. Well, it's coming up. Where are you now in your life? Are you coming up to halfway? 100 years. Are you coming up to halfway? No, no I've passed halfway You've many passed years half- ago. Yeah. <laughs> now, I've passed halfway, so um, it's a shock how old I am. And I didn't, because I feel the same and I have the same. I changed my life a lot. I stopped. I was a chain smoker for years and I drank like somebody paid me for years. I stopped all of that. I, I became a vegetarian. I cleaned up. I cut out caffeine. I did everything to not like an, a lady who was my grandmother's best friend said to me, you can live forever. When you, are, when you get to 50, you have to half your work. Then you can live forever. I couldn't do that. I upped my work. So I had to change my my 
my lifestyle, which is, it, it is scary because people who are at school with me need help to get up sometimes and have grandchildren because I don't have the need to do all those things. I don't have those markers in my life. Now you're a father, now you're a grandfather, now you're a retiree, now you are, like a tree has, people have markers, there's none in my life. My, my career or, or me, myself, have not changed. And I've, all my friends are older than me, or most of them, because I've always been fascinated by older people. They, young people are self-involved and have no experience. They, they tell boring stories. So I've always, I'm going to be alone one day because half my friends have died because I've been since varsity friends with people in their 70s and 80s, which were like, 30, 40 years ago, but they always fascinate me. Yeah, because they've got a whole lifetime of stories. Yeah, there's That's wisdom, and there's a, a bravery, and there's a, they care less about what people think, and if they're a little bit eccentric with age, it gets really eccentric, which is fantastic. So I'm, I'm in the middle of the, I have to remind myself that very soon, I can go to a movie for half price and we'll have a free coffee on Tuesday at a takeaway. But I don't want to do that. It's a way also of, I see with, I don't go to reunions, but I see friends from Vasti. It's a way of dress sense. Some of them dress like you should. And some of them have got gray hair. I've been gray since school. I just shave it off so that it's not there. It's a, it's a different... And then, so that people don't get scared when I walk on stage, I paint my face. So none of that have, have changed. It's, it's, a, it's a little circus. Your next choice, Lara Fabian. She's the Canadian singer who was, who, she's the one where every other pop singer in the world tours with a doctor and a Cairo. She tours with a voice coach. She's fully trained and writes her own music, but I have never, like in this song, heard breath control I mean she sings a verse and then you think okay she needs to see somebody now then she continues in the same breath I don't know how she does it and this is one of her most beautiful pieces melodically on earth that was Lara Fabian you're not from here the choice of Nathaniel who's my guest on people of note that's the program you're listening to on classic 1027 it's broadcast every Sunday from 6 to 8 p.m. And as you can hear, we always talk to someone who has an interesting story to tell. And actually, uh, that's that's really your your life and career is all about telling stories. That's the thing I think people come to the shows for. You can see the lady leaning over to her husband and say, don't worry, Papa, you will talk soon again when I hear the song it's like they forgive me for the songs because there's a story on its way I come from a storytelling family my grandfather was a storyteller and my my father was a joke teller but a, a, a storyteller so it happened it happened also in Stellenbosch I was doing a concert I, I play I did, I did a lunch hour recital piano classic and I did not know after one piece, what came next, how it started, nothing. So I got up and told the story to make up time to this thing. And I never played in that concert again. I just finished with the story. It was a long story. I just finished with it. That's where it started. And, and when I did shows, 
I thought that will be my thing. It 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 brings the audience up and down because I sing. I there's nothing more boring than a happy song. I sing dramatic, depressing, torch, suicidal songs. They make for good tunes, and then you have to take people uh, in a place of hope, and that's always a story. And when you when you told that story when you were doing your recital. I guess the the students who were there. I don't know who was in the audience, but you suddenly realised, wow, this is this is what I like doing. I I they laughed, and I did not know why. I think the story was sad, but they were crying with laughter. A lot of people still laugh when I say good morning. So it's it's the I talk. I I, I remember when my career started. How many directors sent me to a doctor for my speech defect because. I do talk like there's something wrong with me, and then I sing in a much deeper voice, and they don't know why. So I thought, especially if it's an overseas crowd or people who don't know me from years from this country, when they hear me sing first or opening number, and then I talk, then they're like, there are two people on stage. It's which one is the real one? But they both there's a, a whole difference between the singing voice and 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 the talking voice so i just thought use it we're going to listen to philippa giordano I apologize to the people for what will happen now but i had i had this woman first on your station she is an italian and she her parents are both very famous italian singers that i've never heard of and she studied opera but then she I think is there somebody called Eros Ramazotti or something? There's a pop star. She started doing backup vocals for him on his pop tours, but she's a trained opera singer. And then they heard her play around and say, "Why don't you make a career of singing the classical music? You understand the language in the right way with the right orchestrations, but in a lighter voice." And then your station, I had to pull off the road near Midland many years ago, when. Classic FM played her Casta Diva. It sounds like one of the Muppets on Helium, and then it turns into a beautiful voice. and And when she needs the power, she can scream the paint off a wall. But in the right way, it's a, it's a very unique thing. And Visita Arte is is like a holy piece. You must not touch it, and she just takes it to a new place. That was Filippa Giordano singing Visidarte by Puccini, the choice of Nathaniel, my guest on People of Note. You mentioned there in passing uh, performing for people who are not from South Africa. Mm. Where, where have you performed other than in South Africa? I have many, many, many years ago. Um, when I, when I was, didn't have a solo career yet, somebody heard me, a French lady, whose husband was the organizer of the Cannes Film Festival, and she managed the last years of Nina Simone and Sarah Vaughan's lives. And she heard me in South Africa, she took me to France. And, but it was on the height of the cultural boycott, and I couldn't even get a drink in a bar when they heard I'm a, South, a white South African because apartheid was on, and it was in the time of change before the referendum. You know, those days, it, it, you couldn't go anywhere. But I performed in jazz clubs there. And then later I performed in the Royal Albert. I, I did concerts. And then in little places where I go, accidentally. But mostly, um, 
Because it's so strange for tourists. In my 17 years at Emperor's, at my residence there every year with the production, I had blocks of Chinese people or flabbergasted Argentinians. Or they came to Africa to see the big five and I was the strangest next thing. Because you don't expect somebody that wears what I wear and both sets that I bought in Africa if you come from Europe or another place. So they would come to the show. That's why my shows were in English at Empress with only one African story at night because I had a block of tourists every night. And especially international artists and singers and movie stars would hear and then would come to the show. So they would always come backstage and their reactions would be the strangest. You know, of, 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 we've never seen anything. We've never. This is so weird. This is a, now. You must come up. All, all, all that kind of stuff. So, it, it, it is, it is nice for me for people who see me or hear me for the first time because I have had. I don't have fans, but I have a very loyal audience who's been with me for thirty-five years. Some people seeing everything more than once, traveling to the Cape to see if I changed a production that was here there. They're very loyal, and they look at you a different way because they know everything about what you can do and will do and stuff. It makes me bankrupt because they see that I can never repeat an outfit. But to hear, we have inferiority things if we sit here for life and don't know if we would have made it anywhere in the world and stuff. So when you when you hear um, positive things from international guests, it's 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 nice to to find out what they experience. Your next choice is Frank Sinatra and Patti LaBelle. Frank Sinatra, everybody knows. He was 108, I think, when they recorded this song. But Patti LaBelle is my favorite singer since the 80s. She's got the biggest voice and she doesn't have a lot of hits because she sings so loud that it's a shocking thing on the radio. And But she's huge. She's, she's, they call her, Aretha's the queen of soul and they call her the mother of soul. And so when Frank Sinatra asked her to sing, he's old, so you can't, like, sing with your real voice. She came in and sang with her politest voice. She's my ultimate favorite best singer in the world. And I have everything that she's doing. But it's fascinating to listen to the song because she sings politely. And then you can hear how at the end of the song she realizes, I'm singing with Frank Sinatra, this is my moment. And then she opens. And he's nowhere to be heard or seen anywhere it's just like a, a storm so it's fantastic to listen to the two and the song is bewitched that was patty labelle and frank sinatra performing bewitched so your next few months uh, you've got stuff coming up because i saw something We're back on stage yeah i saw that yeah. in sasselberg yeah, when, um, or have you done something before that? I am busy with this series of, of Saturday morning um, lifestyle shows at the Atterbury Theatre now. And then on the 15th of November and the 16th, Charles Duplessis and I, it um, was on the 1st of March this year, it was 20 years that he's been playing the piano for me, or the 1st of February, I can't remember. And we did a show called 20. We planned a gala concert, just the two of us. And because I'm a control freak, the deal was that I have no say about this concert. Shaw will choose his f favorite songs of the past 20 years, what I wear, and my f his favorite stories of mine, and put the show together. 
So we ne never had the chance. So that is now open. The, the first show is sold out. We've got a few seats left for the 16th. And that show will go to Sasselberg because we are working my new show full on full scale production. It's called Butterfly and it opens on the 1st of December at, at Atterbury theater so that's what we're rehearsing on so atterbury is your sort of home turf it's just because it's in pretoria they're the first people who said we can and also i i do my cook schools there and i've done all my live streams and my recorded concerts there um so and i have a good relationship with them so and and it's very popular with with the people the theater so i thought do it there. I, I am not. I'm completely neurotic. So while my family is in danger in France, I'm hysterical. So I will not, I'm not going to travel to the Cape. I'm not going to fly anyway. So wherever I can drive, you can, you can see me now. But um, so, and it's promoting the book and it's, it's, we, we're still editing the TV series, which, Tuchang, which is during um, lockdown, I cooked in isolated buildings. I went to all the museums and things I've ever wanted to see, but I do not want to be with a crowd because if you're with a crowd, you look at, if somebody looks nice, you look at that person. If somebody looks bad, you look at that person. You never see the building. So I wanted to film the buildings and cook in it. So that's what we're doing now, which is on, on CakeNet. And the shows, and then from February, if there's not a, another problem, I'm like literally hitting the road like in the old days. Like Vianano dear, we're fully booked from the beginning of February again. Well, that's nice. And you mentioned Charles Duplessis. So we're going to go to Charles Duplessis now. This is his trio. Is this from his new CD? Um, yeah. Charles has just released with his trio a new album called Imagine. And they have, they couldn't do the launches and the concerts. So they do the Imagine show on the 1st of November also at Atterbury and um, I never go and see people's shows because it makes me nervous but I listen to the CD and I've never liked the Imagine song very much because musically it's quite boring although it's a symbolic thing and he's just would have been 80 but then when Charles played it the first three bars I started crying it's like really beautiful so that's what we're listening to now that was Charles Duplessis and his trio playing Imagine, the choice of Nathaniel. And now I see, Nathaniel, we're coming to a piece of yours. Yeah, we did. Uh, I know that your station plays crossover music and sometimes the worst on the earth. And then I always think, but I've got crossover music that's much better. Why don't they play it? And this song, we did a show 10 years ago called Men Who Fly. And it shows about... That was about corruption and the violence and the things that happen on earth and it, it, say, it says at the end of the show it was the finale of the show it's better if we leave now you and me and we, I had a life size rocket at Empress on stage and we would get into the rocket and it would take off with flames and smoke it was a fantastic scene and this was the song that I would sing and then the organ starts and um, all the voices of the, the, the other singers um, and I've always thought when I see his classic FM with something not classic, I'm like, these people don't know what I did. 
let me take the song to them and it's this song well there we are and now it's on our playlist so maybe they will play it here it is nathaniel with flying man that was my guest on people of note nathaniel performing a piece called flying man and we've got time for one more piece on the program and Celine Dion, I see, appears a couple of times. Yeah, Celine Dion is a... Unfortunately, she's one of those people that many people have grown tired of because it's not her fault the radio plays a hits nonstop. But she goes in different directions and records beautiful things. On the 1st of October every year, my Christmas music comes out. I can't wait. It is the most beautiful music written from, from carols to hymns to secular songs. And it's cheerful. Yeah, it's gorgeous, but dra- drama in this, Oh Come All You Faithful is the one with the drama. And I, it's my favorite song in December of every year. I sing it as my encore on all shows. And then after 15 years, the band in the politest way explained to me how extremely tired they are. Of this, I do it in three different styles with three key changes, and they are really tired of it. So now we have a deal. I can sing it every second year. This is an off year. I cannot sing the song this year, but I can listen to it. And of all the recordings, this is a massive production, and her voice is unbelievable at the end. This is my favorite version, and I thought it's time. We need Christmas after what we've been through and still going through. Celine Dion is here. And this is a call to everyone to come back to live theater and live events. Oh, come, all ye faithful. That was Celine Dion performing Oh, Come, All Ye Faithful. And so we've just about come to the end of the program now. And just before we play the last piece, uh, just tell us briefly what's coming up. You've got shows at Atterbury. I've got shows at Atterbury. Um, they can go on the website or on the, on the things my TV series is on. My book comes out next week. It's called Duck Den Thick Thin. It's a, it was an expression that a woman who looked after me when I was a child, if you, if you said in the morning, how are you? She said, ach man, duck den thick then. It was her saying of life is up and down. So, and she died this year. So I wrote, uh, called this, it's a collection of Afrikaans and English short stories in a very colorful book, cheap enough for Christmas gifts. So, um, that's a big thing. And then, and then the, the main thing for me now, I'm already nervous, is, is the new production. Doing a new production, because I do four years, suddenly after nine, ten, it will be ten months since I've been doing a production. It feels like I stayed fat or something to when Butterfly will open on the 1st of December. And so you need a bit of yoga to calm you down during I this need, time. But this piece of music, Rachmaninoff, when I played concertos and, and studied, and you know, as a student, sometimes you just learn one movement from a concerto and you only play it with somebody on another piano and it's no orchestra. But I always thought one day I will have time to practice again and play a Rachmaninoff. You'd, I haven't lived before, but, but never in a lifetime. I will have four nurses who have studied music on either side of me if I attempt it again. But during lockdown, when people were at home, even in distances, there's nothing worse than a leaf blower. It kills my soul, my past, and my future. So, because of the Rachmaninoff I listen to all the time, Askenazi on the one disc had this 
sonata. So I would my listening would stop after I think it's the fourth or wh- how many piano concerts did I have? Yeah, he wrote four. After the fourth, I would stop the desk. I'm done for the day. But then the leaf blower comes. I would grab the remote and this sonata would come up. And this is my, if ever you cannot take it, get Rachmaninoff, any Rachmaninoff, it cancels out the leaf blower. And there we are. That's where we have to leave it. We're going to play out with uh, Ashkenazi playing Rachmaninoff piano sonata in B minor, the third movement. And I just want to say a big thank you to Nathaniel for coming into the program. Thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure. And thank you to Matabataba Khadebe, who helps us put this all together. And we do a fist pump. And that brings us to the end of the program. It was People of Note on Classic 1027. I'm Richard Koch. Until next time, from all of us here, we wish you a good night.